Welcome to the Seed World Pro Podcast, where seed industry professionals get the knowledge, tools, and peer support they need to grow their businesses and careers. I'm your host, Michelle Pleaker. Welcome back. I'm excited to be continuing our Seed World Pro Power Talks. Today, Brady Brewer is going to share with us not only why it's important to think like a CFO or chief financial officer, but how you can begin to get in that mindset. My goal is that you find this information fun, um, valuable to your business, and inspiring, um, that you can take this and use to make your leadership skills a bit stronger. While we are, um, while we're all asked to stay within a budget, um, we oftentimes don't think about uh, the financials, and we want to leave that to accountants. Um, but there are a lot of things that can help take sh- help um, take shape if we put ourselves in the mindset of a chief financial officer. So, um, no matter what position you're in. So this is what we're going to be digging into today. But first, I want to quickly introduce Brady. Brady joined Purdue in uh, 2018 and also um, serves as a key member for the Center for Food and Agricultural Business. His research focuses on ag finance and production topics, including profitability, which is hard to come by these days. Um, Also credit availability, production efficiency, and credit choices for farmers and farmland values. So you have no shortage of challenges and complications that you've been dealing with the last few years. Um, Been an interesting time. Sure. And, but, you know, agribusiness is such a key piece of that puzzle. And so um, that's what we're really focusing on today is more of the agribusiness side of things. And you have a unique perspective because you see both sides of the coin here. Um, And uh, um, prior to joining Purdue, you were at the University of Georgia, correct? Yep. I was there for about two and a half years. Fantastic. And you're originally uh, from Oklahoma. Yeah, I grew up, grew up on a farm, so a little bit different than uh, where I am currently here in Indiana, but uh, grew up on a farm that, you know, mainly did wheat, alfalfa, and then a cow-calf herd. So, you know, and especially, you know, you mentioned Georgia as well, different, seen a few different types of agriculture uh, across the country. So it's always interesting when you new, move to a new place to see the crop rotations and, and, and the, the farming practices. Fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and dig in and we'll just start with, you know, why is this topic important? Well, you know, so I've, uh, I've seen every side of this. So what I always tell people is that uh, I actually, my undergrad degree was in accounting and I thought I wanted to be an accountant, accountant. And my first job at a college was uh, I went to a, a major, you know, a Fortune 500 firm was in the accounting department, cash flow. Um, it was great. I was pushing spreadsheets every day, uh, but I, what I quickly realized was that uh, I wanted to be the person that was analyzing what I was doing because, you know, in some regards, um, I was creating all of these reports and these ledgers and, you know, the balance sheets and income statements for this company, and I was doing them so, um, you know, another person, namely, you know, the CFO and the, and the people that are making the financial decisions uh, could make educated decisions about where the company was headed. Um, and, and I think that this is true for a lot of companies and, and it doesn't matter what role, whether you're an accountant or salespeople, you know, we're asked to input these numbers and a lot of times we don't really know, you know, it's a black box, right? We don't know where, what it's being used for, 
where it's going. Um, and, and really the CFO of the business, that's, that's their job is to be the forward looking arm of the business. Um, you know, I, I tend to say that, you know, the, the role of a CFO is to steer a car while looking out the back window because all of the accounting stuff that we're inputting is all backward looking uh, information. You know, it's all happened in the past. We got to use that information and then try to make educated guesses and, and, and inform decisions as possible with the reports that we design and make to make the best forward looking decisions to, you know, form the strategy and get our company uh, uh, in the moving in the right direction. Uh, so, you know, in, in my mind, the CFO is where the strategy formulation for the business really uh, starts because it's where you, you, the, you meet the pavement and, and start forming, forming the plan that gets the CEO eventually approves. So I was going to say, who is the CFO working with? Who are their kind of, who's their core team that they're relying on and bouncing ideas off of? But, you know, you mentioned uh, um, of driving forward and looking backwards. And uh, I think that's a really good analogy here. Yeah, I mean, so really the CFO, um, in, in the ideal sense, should be working with everyone. You know, the the CEO is uh, relying on them to be their, their business partner, you know, to line up their strategic goals that they're thinking about, um, you know, and, and pro to provide that roadmap for the company. But, you know, other management, um, other players, you know, in, in the management space of a company, you know, they're looking for, to the CFO to provide that, that financial analysis support um, to help them make the decisions, at, you know, at the lower levels of the business, um, you know, and then obviously, other employees, you know, any employee of the business uh, should have some hand in the CFO and, and the CFO should be providing uh, a management leadership back to them. And, you know, the, the, hopefully the reports that you're making can be used by everyone of, of the business, uh, not, not just the top management uh, as well. And then obviously uh, anyone that's a stakeholder, you know, whether it be an investor uh, or, you know, employees or stakeholders as well. Uh, they're a partner with the CFO. The CFO is there to make sure that everything is running smoothly, that the strategy laid out is working. Um, and if, you know, if I'm an investor of a company, uh, you know, I look to the CFO to provide that guidance as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's obviously pitfalls along the way. Um, you know, a CFO never, you know, I give the, the driving a car, looking out the back window analogy, that's, you know, one of the major pitfalls is if, if the past, maybe you tried something that didn't work, um, it, it can kind of uh, uh, skew your vision for the forward looking. You know, sometimes we say, okay, the, the reports are coming in, the, the income statements are read, it's not making money, we need to go a different direct direction. But this is where a CFO's role becomes uh, really tricky because uh, you're you're marrying the, the, the financials with the strategy of a business. So you have to maybe sit down and say, okay, why didn't this work? Okay, you know, the, the backward looking, the, the view out the, the rear view mirror of the car says, okay, we need to go a different direction, but maybe we need to stay course for a little bit longer. Um, or, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're in the black, you're, your company's making money, uh, but your forward projection is that the market is moving a different way. So even though the rear view mirror is uh, saying everything's fine, we need to change course. So that's, that's the hard part about the CFO. It's where the strategy piece and the financial piece come together. And, it, and it's not always a pretty picture that you paint. Sometimes, you know, pieces are missing and you have to use intuition to fill in what, what's missing from that picture. Mm -hmm. Now, for the person who might be in 
um, say a sales and marketing role or somebody who's in inventory management or, um, you know, managing a communications department within a, a company. Um, why, uh, why should they care about this and wh what can they do to contribute to the business in this uh, fashion? Well, you know, this is something that uh, when we do trainings here in the center, uh, something that we get asked a lot of times, you know, if you're a salesperson, you're, you're, you know, uh, down in the weeds of the business, right? Like what you care about is I have a sales goal of selling X amount of seed or whatever product, you know, uh, your company is selling. Uh, and sometimes it, it's very hard to get out of that, that bubble of, of where your job lies within the company. Uh, but, but I, I always say it's important to understand the decisions you make uh, affect everything that the CFO is looking at. So the analogy I'll give here is, um, let's say you have a sales goal. Um, maybe you've met it, maybe you haven't, but you also but you have to think about what the CFO is looking at. Okay, so you let's say you're trying to sell more product. Um, the CFO, okay, so you have the sales goal, you need to sell more product. What the CFO is is uh, caring about is okay you sold more product but at what cost okay um, they're looking at the the broader overall implications of your decisions okay yes you may have pushed that product but maybe you lowered the price to get that product out the door um, what is that going to do to overall profitability what is that doing to our asset turnover or our profit margins of of the overall business um, you know Yes, it's great that you sold it, but if but if we did it at a at a loss or we did it at a margin that maybe we don't think is is sufficient enough to justify uh, the the costs associated with those transactions, then maybe it's it's not uh, helpful or or improving the overall financial health of the business. So you know why I use that analogy is just to bring up is that sometimes we can be very short-sighted in our decisions. We don't think about the other side of the coin. Yes, we, we increased revenue, but what, how much did costs increase to, to make those transactions happen, okay? Um, that's why you know, I always uh, encourage people to think at a broader level. Think like the CFO, uh, because you have to think about uh, you know, both, side, both sides of, of the coin. It's easy to get in our bubble and it's hard to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that is definitely true. Sometimes, yeah, we get in our silos or in down in the weeds and uh, um, it can sometimes be hard to step back. And so do you have any strategies for, um, how do you step out of the weeds? Um, how do you bring yourself to say, you know, I, I need to put this aside and think about that bigger picture in, 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 in planning my own year um, for that? Well, I, I think part of it probably starts when you're setting goals of, you know, at, for your business cycle, you know, to write in some of those broader implications, you know, not just put in a sales goal, but also put in, okay, what is the margins that we're trying to get as well? That way we don't lose sight of those. Um, I also think it's important that employees understand the financial aspect of the firm, um, whether it's training on the income statement and balance sheet or other type of financial management training. Um, whether it be the profitability linkage or the DuPont model, you know, understanding the, the profits, the, the, the efficiency, the terms, um, and then the financial position, the leverage of a business, you know, understanding uh, those financial concepts, because then it, 
it starts to become second nature to understand, you know, to second, uh, maybe not second guess is the correct uh, terminology, uh, but critically think about, okay, if, if this is what I'm going for, these are the implications um, on the income statement that the CFO is going to be uh, caring about, and that can help guide some decisions. You know, and a lot of times, uh, you know, there could be people watching this to say, okay, well, selling more product is, is never a bad thing, right? Most of the time, yes. You know, there's probably very few instances that someone, a CFO, would say, sell less product, right? Um, whether you're, you know, maybe if you're selling at a loss or the margins just, just don't justify it. But um, it's those few instances that can really, you know, um, be detrimental to, to a company that uh, a salesperson may want to take a step back and think about those broader implications. So I always, always advise financial training. And, you know, as someone who teaches finance to 18 to 22 year olds on a daily basis, I understand it. It's not the most exciting topic ever. You know, most of the time when I, I say it's time to learn about an income statement and what well, that excites me uh, because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a self-proclaimed nerd. Uh, most of the time people's eyes glaze over and they're like, oh, the income statement. Uh, you know, I, I understand it's not the most exciting topic, but it is so vital to, um, you know, to understand the, the implications of, of everyday business decisions and, and why we, you know, companies should focus on it. So previously we talked about five key financial performance areas. Um, what are those and uh, um, kind of help us grasp, you know, what we can do to um, put those to work in our own departments? So typically CFOs, you know, in my mind tend to compartmentalize financial performance into in those five areas that you mentioned. So, you know, the first is profitability. This is looking at revenues minus expenses. Did what it costs us to make that product and sell it and get it out the door, did it return enough value to justify it? And obviously there's different measures that we can get into, whether it be profit margins um, or expense ratios or, or, you know, there's a thousand different ratios we go over to analyze that. Um, but that's what the CFO is concerned about. You know, the 30,000 foot view there is, is, did we create enough value with the product that the, our end clientele um, purchase it at a high enough price to justify uh, the, um, us selling that product. The second one, you know, capital structure and growth. Um, this is getting into more of the long-term vision of the firm. What, what is our asset structure? How much equity do we have in the business? How is the debt that finances our company? How is it structured? Is it going to be detrimental to the risk of our business? Um, or are we returning enough um, a return for those investors in, in our company? Third, size and growth, thinking about, okay, this is where we are today, but now we're starting to bring in some of those strategy aspects of, of the firm. Um, what's our growth prospects for our company? You know, all, all company, the, the goal is to get bigger, right? You know, we want to increase market share. We want to increase uh, our service footprint. And, and how is that structured in the financials? Um, risk and finance, financial documentation. Um, obviously, risk plays a big goal of that. I already touched, you know, this um, goes hand in hand with the capital structure and debt service. You know, are we over leveraged? Have we overextended ourselves with the, the, the debt that we've taken on, whether it be bonds or loans or, or stock investments? Um, and what's that costing us? Uh, how 
is the financial documentation piece. You know, this is probably what a lot of accountants, you know, most people think that uh, accountants' lives are to serve tax, you know, the IRS uh, and, and Uncle Sam in tax reporting. Uh, but when you think about the, the role of a CFO, it's actually a pretty small part, but it does go in there uh, thinking about, you know, we have to satisfy those reporting standards that, that our investors and, and the government require. And the last one is creating shareholder value, whether it be, you know, economic value add um, or just the return that our stockholders, our investors are requiring, you know, making sure that they're happy with what we're, we're returning them. Mm -hmm. um, but also making sure that, uh, you know, and this is why, you know, I mentioned why it's important for a, a salesperson uh, to think about the role of a CFO and, and the profit margins. Yes, you sold that product at a profit, but is it a, enough that's going to satisfy our shareholders, right? Because at the end of the day, that investor chose to put their hard-earned dollars into our company, and we have to be cognizant that they require return on that, and we have to make sure that, you know, we're keeping them happy. Not only them, but also our debtors as well, um, if we have loans or, or bondholders. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of the five broad areas. Um, obviously, there's overlap between there. Risk also goes into capital structure. But if you break those down into the five major buckets, uh, those are the, the five major, you know, if, if uh, what a C CFO thinks about on a daily basis, those are the five main things. I think that's a great to understand. The one question I have or the one thing that kind of stands out to me as I sit and I listen is that uh, from a company standpoint and when you are in the weeds, you know, sometimes there's a disconnect between upper management and middle management or some of that uh, doesn't all percolate down maybe is the best way to say yeah. that. And so how do, how, um, do you have any advice for, you know, uh, helping um, CFOs to share that information or for somebody to go to a CFO and say, can you share this with me? Um, you know, I've been learning about it or I want to take an interest in how can I better contribute to the larger vision of the company? Well, I, so I think a large uh, part there is the communication and, and the, the verbiage. Um, you know, I always joke that half of finance is understanding the semantics. I, I think uh, the world of finance has five terms for one thing, you know, so, uh, if you're talking with a CFO, they could be throwing out all this jargon and stuff that can confuse people. And, and that's why it's important to get the financial training for employees to understand maybe what the CFO is saying. But on the flip side, it's also understand it's also um, important for the CFO and financial aspect of a firm or the financial arm of a firm uh, to maybe translate some of that out of the financial jargon into uh, the words um, and jargon that the other people of the business use as well. Um, so it goes both ways. Um, you know, and that's, you know, I, it's difficult for a lot of people. I, I've heard employees say, well, you know, that doesn't mean anything to me. And, you know, and, and when I went to the CFO, I, I thought I had this great idea, uh, but they asked me this question. I didn't really know what they meant and they ended up not approving it, you know, cause uh, yes, no, exactly. Um, so, you know, it's not that it wasn't a great idea. There was just a mismatch of communication and, um, you know, cause the, the CFO may think in terms of return on investment or net present value or something like that. And if you don't say it in the, the terms that they think that they, they may just disregard it. Cause it's like, well, this, you know, if, if I don't know that, I, you know, I'm not going to approve this project if I don't have that piece of information until I have it, it's, it's going to be a no go. 
Um, you know, so it, it goes both ways. CFOs putting it into different, or the financial arm putting it into different uh, terms for so the salespeople and and other arms of the business can understand, but it's also the financial training for, for the salespeople so that when they do have a good idea, they can convey it um, how the CFO thinks about it so it can maximize the, the probability that the CFO understands it and then thus approves it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like uh, if, if that doesn't happen, two ships crossing in the night and they're not able to connect and make that exchange or that handoff. Yes, I, I, you know, I, I've seen instances where when you talk to the salesperson, you talk to the CFO, they're essentially saying the same thing, but they don't understand each other. So I was going to ask if you had any stories or any examples of, you know, a situation where maybe you've seen go wrong or, you know, somebody or, you know, an example where it's gone incredibly well and something phenomenal has happened. You know, so on the, on the wrong side, you know, I, I think uh, just, seeing someone try to articulate maybe so in this particular instance it was trying to articulate a a particular investment that the company should have been investing in um and again that we get in our bubble the salespeople were thinking about well how much does this improve sales um and you know and it was actually a really really great investment um but they 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 forgot about the cost side and in reality the the investment that they were making would have decreased costs as well. So, I mean, I, in my mind, it was a win-win, but, you know, since they hadn't thought about that, they hadn't thought that, that, Oh, when, when we go to pitch this to uh, the financial team and the people that will be approving it, they're going to not just care about how it impacts our role, but how it Im impacts the decreases, the costs and improves other people, you know, around us as well. Um, you know, the broader implications. Um, I think if they would have just thought through that, um, and then the answer would have been it 100% benefits everyone. They just hadn't thought through it. So it was hard for the, the CFO to wrap their head around um, and, uh, you know, around the approval for that because they didn't have that information, right? So that just because they were thinking more broadly. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good uh, point or kind of a, a maybe a tangent to head in or to attack is um, you know, if you are making a pitch or you're bringing a new idea to the table uh, that you want the company to consider in terms of moving forward on, what are some of those things that you need to be considered or that you need to be prepared to answer during that pitch? Well, you know, so the, the obvious ones are the revenues and the costs, right? Um, I, I think you also need to think about not just how it affects maybe the, the core unit of whatever you're proposing. So if you're proposing an investment, whatever uh, arm of the company it, it, the investment is for, but think about the broader implications. Uh, but I would also, uh, just because, you know, one of the roles of the CFO is thinking about the risks, um, we can make projections to say, hey, this is uh, what this particular investment's going to do to sales or costs or something, but the risk associated with that, what is the probability that this may not work out and what's the plan for, for it if it doesn't, you know, can we sell the asset off, um, you know, at a, at a slight loss, you know, or is, or is this a big risk to the company? Um, if we purchase this asset, are we stuck with it? Is this now just a sunk cost that we can't get rid of? Um, those type of things. And, you know, even, even if it is a big risk to be upfront with the CFO to say, hey, we know it's a big risk, but there's a lot of potential here. Um, you know, just honestly thinking about those five buckets of, of the CFO, 
profitability, the revenues cost, the risk, the capital structure. Are we gonna have to take on a lot of debt to do this project? Um, what's that do uh, um, to the leverage and, and our relationship with, with our uh, debtors and our stockholders? What's that do to the value we create for the stockholders, right? So at the end of the day, we can say, hey, we're creating more value for you by doing this project. Um, you know, I, personally, I would think broadly about those five buckets. That's going to make your CFO really happy if you're, if you're giving them a pitch because that's, you know, that's their job. And if you do the work for them, that's, that's just going to make your case uh, all the much better. Mm-hmm. We touched upon the, um, you know, what can go wrong, but uh, what are some pitfalls that people fall into? Um, you know, so just because the CFO is relying on, on backward looking data, right? You know, we're using the, those accounting documents to, to do a lot of the analysis or, in the, you know, the situations I just described of doing an investment analysis, we're relying on past data to try to project future profitability. You can always be too stuck in the past. Um, you know, markets change. Um, you know, it's the, the example I like to use here is that um, when Amazon first got started, um, when Bezos went to his investors, he told them, this is going to take a while to become profitable. You know, and Amazon didn't turn a profit, I think, for five or six years, um, uh, you know, which is quite remarkable in, in today's society because investors typically require uh, a return pretty quickly. So, you know, that just tells, you know, the compelling argument he made. Um, but, you know, he essentially went to them and said, look, uh, the way we do business is going to change in the future because the internet is going to change it. Ratios, you know, there's been, there had been some companies try some online stuff. It hadn't worked out. You know, you have to forget what, what has happened in the past because we're going to change that. You have to trust in the strategy. So being, you know, what, I definitely think one pitfall is being too stuck in the past. You definitely have to marry it with the strategy piece and be um, the, the forward looking of what you, the market analysis, the marketing side of the business has to be taken into um, account as well. Um, you know, I, I think the communication aspect as well, um, we mentioned just the jargon aspect between the CFO and other levels of, of the business is big. Um, you know, CFOs have to come down from the, the finance laden jargon um, to communicate. And then, you know, the other side has to maybe beef up a little bit on the finance jargon. Um, time commitments as well. Uh, that's a huge consideration uh, with the cost side of this. Uh, not, you know, not just the cost of the project, but the cost of reporting, the cost of the financial aspects. Um, you know, how many accountants do we need to uh, figure out if this thing is going to be profitable? Um, you know, accounting and finance um, in, in the realm of management, if you think of management in terms of planning, organizing, controlling, directing, uh, finance falls in the controlling arm, um, making sure essentially we formed a strategy, we've organized our company to go execute it. Controlling is the, the, the aspect of management of, okay, now let's actually see if we're making a profit. Um, we can't get too bogged down with how how much time it takes to ensure that, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have to make sure that we're being cognizant of everyone's time. Um, we can tell someone, hey, we need all these reports, but if the cost to create those is, is too much compared to the value they're creating, uh, maybe, maybe we're better off without their report. Maybe we can just rely on intuition, right? Uh, uh, we don't 
we can guesstimate that number the best it can uh, the, to the best of our abilities. Um, and it'd be a lot cheaper and, and not take a whole accounting department to create it. Um, you know, from, from the employee standpoint, I would say probably one of the pitfalls of, of the, the CFO realm, again, is on that time aspect. Um, you know, and this is where the training aspect comes in as well. You tell a, a employee to go do a report, they're trusting you that this report is getting used. Okay, so not only does that course cost too much, but we also got to make sure that what we're telling our employees to do on the financial side is actually getting used. And that was one of, you know, I, I said I started out in accounting before, um, you know, I, I'm doing the profession that I'm doing now. That was something that bothered me is that it, there was this black box. I would ship reports off via email, you know, and I just kind of trusted our people using these, right? You know, I, um, and I, I'm a very deep thinker in that regard. So maybe, maybe there's some people out there that say, okay, I'll do reports every day and get paid for it and not really care if they're getting used. But I wanted to make sure that what I was doing, what I was creating was actually impacting the business. Um, you know, so we have to be pretty cognizant of people's times, not, not just the cost aspect, but actually making sure that, Hey, maybe there, maybe there's something else we could be doing better with, with their time as well. There's other reports they could be doing that, that impact the company, uh, uh, have a, or have a broader impact. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that half the battle is uh, um, being able to articulate it on both sides as being able to articulate uh, the current uh, scenario, the roadmap, but then um, on the flip side is to articulate what your vision is in terms of what are you trying to pitch or what, what are you within your department trying to accomplish and then how do you marry those two things so that they can both go forward. Yeah, it, it's telling that story. I mean, you know, the are are you a, a big fan of the show Shark Tank? I do like that. You know, so as a finance person, I always find myself uh, wanting to jump at the TV and say, "But what about the financials? What what does the financials say about this?" You know, these are big time investors pouring lots of money into essentially a story. Yeah. You know, and I think your point just states, you know, it's the communication and story that you, uh, that ultimately wins, right? Um, as much as my accounting and financial background says, no, it shouldn't be. That's why we also have that forward looking aspect duty of the CFO, um, that story of what is the market doing? What are consumer demand doing? What's the marketing aspect of our business doing? Um, we can't forget about that. Um, and that's, and that's why that CFO role is so important. Is it's where that shark tank, the story that tugs at our heartstrings that says, yes, people are going to want this product in the future and that this is a worthwhile investment gets married with, but this is also what the data says. So, so, so also um, to play off of what you just said is, is when you're coming with that pitch is to understand the market dynamics and to be able to paint the picture for the CFO as to um, maybe if there's a blind spot or something that they might not see because they're not out in the field or they're not intimate with, you know, what's happening at that level. Yep. So. No, that, that is preci uh, precisely the case. I mean, you know, those, uh, and, and I'm sure that the investors on Shark Tank have a little bit more financials. Uh, they probably don't show those on TV because it would bore the audience, you know, just like my, my classes when I teach finance. Uh, I'm sure they probably have a little bit more than they let on uh, uh, on TV, 
but but the point remains is that a lot of those decisions are are based off the marketing um a- aspect and then the financials become secondary so mm-hmm. it's that story it's the communication aspect those those uh startup the, the people that go on that show are very good at telling the story of their product and why people will want to purchase it we as employees have to be very our um, cognizant that it, that the story we tell also matters to our to our CFOs and CEOs. How we how we tell it um, in the grand scheme of things matters. Mm-hmm. So by putting yourself in the CFO seat, you're pulling yourself out of the weeds. You're able to grasp um, the the larger uh, roadmap of where the company is going and uh, um, kind of the destination for the future and align your own department strategy with how you can get there and and that helps you to be successful in the work that you're doing but also in uh, supporting the company's goals. Precisely, couldn't have said it better myself. Well, with that, Brady, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, To our viewers, we hope that you have found this information to be valuable, to be inspiring, and that it's something that you can put to use no matter what role you're serving in today. So thanks again for joining us on PRO, and we hope you have a fantastic day.